So saith the wise Alondo. Hi there, welcome to Mages and Murder Dads. I'm Cameron. And I'm Danny. Last episode, we finished Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition. And and we liked it. Whoa, yeah. No, it was a, it was just a real fun time. We thought it was good. And uh, because of some 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 time constraint issues, and maybe just making sure we don't burn out, because that would be bad. Like mm-hmm. like burning out on these games, one game into a four game. I think we can say four games, including the uh, the expansion packs into a four game series. That'd be bad. So we're gonna we're taking a little break, um, but we thought it'd be appropriate to record a mini sode. Kind of like a little a little sunset episode on the first season. Kind of like gives us a chance to to collect ourselves, to kind of uh, reflect on on the big story we've been talking about, the lore of the Forgotten Realms, and uh, and you know maybe it even a chance to steal ourselves for what's ahead, and to steal money, and to steal money. We're robbers. May- maybe even. Yours. Oh, my word. We can steal your money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. So, maybe you could just give it to us. How about that? So, you could support the show on Patreon, uh, if you want. <laughs> Look at that transition. Mm, I'm so good. You could also uh, follow me on Twitter. You used to be able to follow Danny on Twitter, but that is no longer the case. You can like us on Facebook. That's actually a pretty big thing. That's been uh, that's been pretty nice. And mm-hmm. you should, of course, hit the, the like and subscribe buttons here. Um, if you like this show, as I've said many times uh, on 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 this platform and others, please share it around. Share it on Facebook. Share it with your friends. Tell uh, tell your people. As during the first season or uh, during a few episodes ago, uh, Danny gave a very long explanation of how you could rekindle a friendship with someone over listening to the show. That's still available to you. Yeah. No, that is. I don't need to say that every episode because it's it's true. I'll just remind you. Still, a, it's still an option. So, still a live option. Say what you need to say. So, talking about the lore, mm-hmm. Danny, what is your favorite bit of Forgotten Realms lore? Man, there's a lot to choose from. This is a. I think that uh, Kunzman and I were talking just before this, and he was looking at a list that orders chronologically all of the novels mm-hmm, that take place in the in the in the Forgotten Realms. How many were there? Uh, it, this is just like instances of fiction. So this is novels, uh, short stories, that kind of thing. But there were mm-hmm. 459 sources in this wow. thing. I, I think I've still got it pulled up. I'll put it in the uh, description for the episode. So, I think my favorite little piece of lore, so, little backstory, my first D&D character um, took, you know, that character was in a campaign that took place in the Forgotten Realms, and that character was a barbarian, and that character's uh, deity was Timora. Mm-hmm. Uh, who in the Forgotten Realms is kind of the goddess of good luck. And we, we talked a little bit about Timora um, tangentially in the podcast. That's how much I like Timora. And uh, Timora's counterpart, there are a few kind of twin or like sister or brother deities in the Forgotten Realms. 
kind of Shar and Saloon as an example. We talked about that too. Um, and Bashaba is Timor's counterpart. Bashaba is the goddess of misfortune. Um, but they used to be just one deity. They used to be Taiki. And Taiki got split up in a traumatic event that happened in uh, in like DR1. I'm not sure what DR stands for. Um, but I, th- I think it's kind of like, uh, like, uh, like 80. D- so Domine rel- realms. <laughs> Domine realm in the year of the realms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everything before, um, DR one, that was, uh, that was back when the realms were not forgotten that everyone know everyone was in the know, the well-known realms, the well-known realms. And then bam, just amnesia kicks in. But yeah, that's my favorite bit of lore, the fact that those two deities were once just one deity. What what caused that? Um they were split up. Uh it was a it was one of those um catastrophic events that was orchestrated by um I think by Lathander was involved. Yeah. Okay. Mhm. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where th- that's my favorite part of it. But the backstory is like a novel you can read it in Timor's Luck. Oh my by word! Je- by Jeff Grubb and Kate Novak, published in the Year of Our Lord, nineteen ninety seven. Dr. nineteen ninety seven. Dr. nineteen ninety seven. Uh, yeah. There's all kinds of like interesting the gods. I think in the Forgotten Realms, like for Baldur's Gate to be such a god based game. You really mm-hmm. don't see any of the other ones, as far as I know. Well, it's the Time of Troubles. No, not not in the Baldur's Gate games. It's after the Time of Troubles. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's why people are actually able to uh, cast divine spells. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, like there's a really great story, um, and it's actually in in Baldur's Gate, but about how uh, the original God of the Dead, which is like Jurgal. Mm. had domain over murder and the dead themselves and like strife i think and then so bane balder or not balder bane ball and mercule were like early adventurers in the realms mm-hmm. and they punched their way all the way to jurgal and they were going to kill him to take his powers and he was like yo 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 i don't want these powers anymore for the love of god it is so boring down here so please do it for me. So like that's how they attained godhood. Hmm. Yeah. So you could just be like, oh, there was a pantheon split, blah blah blah. Or you can be like, let me tell you the long form story about like uh, throwing bones in a race and all kinds of weird stuff. Yeah. yeah. No, it's true. No, I, I double checked, and it was uh, the fact that Taiki was infected by Menander's evil essence and split apart by Saloon. Oh my word. Yeah. I'm regretting the the very idea of talking about lore. <laughs> uh, my my favorite my favorite lore I, I think, uh, despite telling the story of of how the three gods of of like evil in the realms uh, got their pantheon. Mine is from a Drizzt Doerden novel. Okay, mm-hmm. so there's there's one of those I don't even know which one it is where he's got a uh, uh, a panther that lives on the astral plane. Mm. And he summons it by like touching a little figurine and saying, you know, whatever. Thinking is that Gwen Gwen Yeah, Gwen Gwen 
Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. a big panther. Mm-hmm. Um, and so his panther dies, or we think his panther dies, in one of the books by falling in a giant pit of acid. Mm. And he's afraid for so long. He's he's afraid of, if I call on the panther, like the panther might still be alive in the astral plane. But if I bring the panther into the real world, the material plane, she might be too weak and she'll die. And so he like waits and waits and waits for a long, long time. Like whole chapters. Mm. To bring the panther back. And when he does... She's all burned by acid. She's like missing a bunch of fur, but she's okay. Hmm. And that, that's my favorite bit of the word. Not not necessarily because of the plot stuff, because there is some like fun plot there. But the idea that the idea of the uh, astral plane and the material plane like being connected in that way that like mm-hmm. that that the panther is safe over there and then not safe over here. I don't know. I thought I think that's cool. No, I think that that makes sense. That reminds me of a uh, of a. Uh, a point in our D and our very first D and D campaign with the I think you'll remember you were playing a um a wizard of some type mm-hmm. and um you had like a cloak that allowed you to blink into the astral plane mm-hmm. and there was a lethal attack coming your way like a dragon's breath type attack or it was maybe a spider there's a spider yeah and. And basically, you were dead. And then you said, and then somebody at the table said, oh, no, wait, he's got this cloak. And the DM let you roll a reflex save to, like, activate the cloak or something, Mm -hmm. like, at instant speed. And you faded away to existence. And you were perfectly fine over in the astral plane. Mm -hmm. Except that spider was a phase spider. Oh, no, I remember. Mm -hmm. And then the next turn, it just went to the astral plane. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then went after me there, where when I did, where I didn't have a party to help me out. Mm. Join us again uh, next week for D and D reminisce hour. Mm-hmm. A semi regular, like once every fourth episode, mm-hmm. um, feature podcast uh, within a podcast, brought to you by Dan Harmon. Not anything he does, just just him, just Dan Harmon. Mm-hmm. Every time. So. Uh, so great these are great moments these are great lore moments where we're thinking about but uh as we told many people and by many people i mean the people who listen to this podcast Mm -hmm. uh we told them that we were going to read the avatar trilogy yeah which is about the time of troubles Mm -hmm. the time of troubles if uh if you somehow are listening to this Baldur's gate podcast this far and you don't know what it is there's some probably very small minority of people who fit in that category? I don't know. I think that you could. I think that you could get away with uh, watching most of every episode we put out. Like, there's not that many time of troubles references explicitly, right? Well, I just think to be on board with Baldur's Gate, you have to have an idea. Maybe you don't know the name. Yeah, yeah, you have the idea. So the event that brought all of the gods into mortal form to mm-hmm. like fight it out on Earth. We're in the Forgotten Realms. Yeah, on Toriel. And uh, so, yeah, so that's what the Time of Troubles is. And this these set of books were written and published at the same time as a set of modules, or maybe right after the modules, um, that were pre-written adventures for the Forgotten Realms in order to allow everyone to have these, like, story events occur in their world. And this was a really big thing in the, I guess, the late 70s and throughout the 1980s. 
um, because this is how the official fiction for the Dragon Realms novels worked as well. Like mm-hmm. the like they were uh, modules first and then written into books afterwards. So you can kind of experience it as a player and as kind of a passive uh, reader in that kind of way. Um, so that's what these that's what these novels are. And we were going to read all three of them to get the most amount of ball backstory that we could. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How many of these novels did you read, Danny? I read the first book. I I also read. I I got all three of them. I read a book. Mm-hmm. Because my word, these are not engaging. Yeah, I think that the you can get a microcosm of the way these books are, and they are written by different authors. So mm-hmm. you know, but I think it's I don't know why, but I feel like a great microcosm of the first book is the first is like the prologue of the first book, which sets all of this into motion. So like we're figuring out, okay, why did the time of troubles even happen? And the idea is that Ao, who is this uh, over deity, I think you mean Ao Scott, the Ao Scott, the, head, the film reviewer mm-hmm, for the New York Times, for the New York Times, got really upset at all of the other film reviewers, mm-hmm. and decided to cast them out of the New York Times editorial board. Oh my God, he's arm like, widening them all. And strand them all at lesser publications where they would have to, you know, toil in that realm of mortals. New York Magazine, the Chicago (laughs) Sun-Times, L.A. Review. Oh, one of them ended up at USA Today. (laughs) U.S. News and World Report. Yeah. And and so why did A.O. Scott do this? Well, he was just kind of upset. He was just upset at them. Mm -hmm. And... Well, he had a reason. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yeah, they, they stole the three movie tablets. <laughs> Wait, so I know we're in the conceit here, mm-hmm. but did, was it really revealed why Ao was that upset? Like it kind of just says, "Well, you you were taking everything for granted." Uh, yeah, outside of outside of this Ao Scott conceit, um, mm-hmm. no, Ao does <laughs> not say that directly at all. You yeah. find that out through like internal monologue of Helm. Who's like the god of justice? Yeah, Helm is. is we get way more internality with Helm. Like mm-hmm. there are several chapters that are, or like sections that are written more or less from his point of view in like a third person yeah. type situation. But so Helm was the only deity that was not cast down to uh, Toril. Mm-hmm. Um, I more or less because he's Ao's bodyguard, basically. Like he guards. Yeah, he's the guy yeah. who like tells other people what to do. He's the right hand mm-hmm. man. His his symbol is that of like a gauntlet, like the universal symbol of fascism. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and we find out through I think Bane and Mercule. Bane is the god of strife, and Mercule is the god of the dead, mm-hmm. and they're kind of set up as the antagonists of this novel, along yeah. with Ball, our good friend Ball, who yeah. is just straight up running around this novel and murdering people. Mm-hmm. That's all he does. So, so the the basic plot conceit of it is that all the gods are cast down, and they're given the task of like doing some good stuff, uh, in order to get to go back to like weird god heaven, like whatever mm-hmm. it is, and or like go back to their planes that they yeah. should be running, their respective god heavens. 
Mm-hmm. And so we get a we get a colorful cast of characters. We get a mercenary. We get a a wizardess. We get a a, a priest of soon, who's like all about being beautiful. And then we get like a like an assassin guy. Yeah, and I swear to God, there are like sections where when they are referring to these this colorful cast of characters, they just use their class. Yeah, yeah. And then like, the fighter. <laughs> And, and then the wizard, the level yeah. three wizard. Um, so yeah, so basically the idea is that all of these gods want to find these tablets of fate, I think they're called, something mm-hmm. like that. And mm-hmm. they want to bring them back and give them to Helm. And if they do that, they will get to go back up to the sky place. And then there's a bunch of all the evil gods are trying to kind of supplant the head god Ao. And just, oh my word, it's just like I don't, some classic... I don't understand like how... They're planning to do that. They're going to murder him. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, but the, I just never got... The stakes were never there for me. I read the right? end of the third book. Mm-hmm. Because I had to go back and find another thing that I'll talk about in a minute. But I just okay. happened to read it again. But yeah, mm-hmm. so it's just like a very classic like paperback fantasy story that is definitely also a um, D&D module. Yeah. It reads like a module. Mm-hmm. So it was not that interesting. So that's our <laughs> yeah. that's our review. Um it certainly explains why Ball was running around. Like he's running around trying to kill the head god and like trying to kill off this colorful cast of characters. But there's like like Bane, kind of the biggest, baddest god of evil. Yeah. He has He's got lot. the best he's got the best intro scene. And he's got a lot of personality. Mm-hmm. He's like classically evil Mm -hmm. and mercule the god of the dead he's like like weaselly and evil Mm -hmm. you know but he's also got a lot of personality ball has literally none he's just a bad person Mm -hmm. and he literally walks around these novels being like i'm gonna kill you i'm gonna murder you up i'm gonna Mm -hmm. you're gonna you're gonna die right now yeah ball is a uh the thing is you can do that and it'd be interesting, right? Mm-hmm. There are certainly works of fiction where you get a murdery guy rolling around. Mm-hmm. But you, you got to put a spin on it. Yeah. Like, murders you a certain way, maybe. <laughs> right? Well, so here's or, the... Uh, or, mm-hmm. No, go ahead. No, yeah. Just you got you to gotta have a flavor. But I think Ball's, Ball's flavor is just... There's just so much murder. It, uh, it kind of drowns out the other uh, textures and flavors of this, uh, of this murder coffee. So we're sipping on the the good old uh, murder coffee. Mm-hmm. But um, so here's the interesting thing. There's a little bit of moving away from the novel. Yeah, because I who doesn't want to move away from this novel? Mm-hmm. Um, the I did a little bit of research on Ball in particular because mm-hmm. I wanted to know, you know, after Ball died in yeah the time of troubles, and then the Baldur's Gate games happen. And like, what happened after that? And what happened before that, right? Like, I'm, I'm interested in both of those things. So I looked up and found the first writing about Ball. And it is in Dragon Magazine, number 54. And if you, okay. I mean, if you don't know about Dragon, like for a listener, I, I know, Danny, that you know about Dragon. but I do. It was kind of a DM and players, like, supplementary fun magazine. Mm-hmm. So, now, in the, ep- in the issue that you're talking about, because when I'm mm-hmm. most... When I, I guess, last read Dragon, which was a little bit ago, mm-hmm. 
um, there were two publications for Dungeons and Dragons. There was mm-hmm. Dungeon and yeah. Dragon. Dragon was like the players magazine and dungeon was the dungeon master magazine so was this issue way back in the day was this before that publication was like split into two distinct publications no but they've always kind of i i think that that like very tight distinction is Mm -hmm. fairly new in the sense that Mm -hmm. that dungeon was always um fully completed like mini adventures Ah, like that's publishing a mini adventure. There's always like even in the most recent uh, dragon stuff, even though I think it's all web now. Um, mm-hmm. There's always been stuff like here's how you run ruins better, and you know like uh, here's what like an ooze is like, you know, which is so like tidbit thing. stuff as opposed to fully formed exactly. DM content. Okay, you know, like a puzzle piece instead of the whole puzzle, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, so yeah, so this one has uh, like a section on ruins, a section on a thieves guild. Like how do you how do you flesh out a thieves guild? Mm-hmm. Um, things that a cowboy might have. An article about that. Hmm. So so that's the kind of stuff that's in these. Um, but but yeah, so this is an early article by Ed Greenwood, and it's called Down to Earth Divinity: One DM's Design for a Mixed and Matched Mythos. Oh, cool. And so the idea here is he's like, in most Dungeons & Dragons games, you've got, like, the priest of evil. And there's generic evil. And Dungeons & Dragons didn't have, like, a very good way of you um, fleshing out your pantheon other than you kind of doing it yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And so he's saying, here, here's a pantheon. And he's actually just listing out the Forgotten Realms pantheon before it is the Forgotten Realms pantheon. And he's saying, here are all these people, here's what they do, here's how they interact with one another, here are their enemies, and here's some, like, personality traits. And so, some of them say things like, so, like, Maestra says, the Lady of Mysteries, that's her nickname. Sure. She's the goddess of magic. She's a greater goddess, and she lives on the plain of Nirvana. Mm. And she's got, like, a little write-up, like a little small Mm write-up. Noted Elminster sex haver. Yeah, noted. Noted, mm-hmm. noted Elminster sex haver, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but for Ball, we just have all the things we learned in Baldur's Gate. Lord of Murder, God of Death. He's a lesser god, though, and he lives in Gehenna. Mm-hmm. So, so Which, that, Gehenna is like the fiery mm-hmm. kind of demonic plane, right? Wait, is it? it's not demonic, it's the... Hmm... Um, was that before or after that distinction was made? It's no, it's definitely after because that's okay. in like the AD and D monsters manual. Yeah, okay. But so here's his little write up. So this is mm-hmm. this is the core initial kernel of Ball. Okay. Ball strikes unerringly, and his dagger causes the area wounded to wither, becomes useless. Four to twelve points of damage. Head will only be affected after arrest of body. He, appear, he rarely appears to worshippers or others, but is depicted by priests as a bloody, mutilated corpse with a feral face and silent movements. It is said that every murder done strengthens Baal. Merkul is lord of the dead. Baal is the lord of death itself, the act of killing. Huh. That paragraph is better characterization of Baal than in the entirety of Shadowdale. Oh, 100%. The idea of Ball being the physical manifestation of the verb death, right? Mm-hmm. So there's like the noun death that's Mercule, but the the very the act of causing death 
and like this this idea of it's it's a it's a corpse like figure. Mm-hmm. That's cool. It is cool. Mm-hmm. So in, it's scary. So so fast forward to the year of our Lord twenty fifteen. Mm-hmm. We've got this book called the Sword Coast Adventurers Guide. Okay. Okay. So this is this is new ball. That's classic ball. This is new ball. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. The folk of Faerun, so that's like the world, mm-hmm. uh, don't normally pray to or acknowledge Baal. He is seen as a deeply evil and destructive deity who hungers for death, meaning the death of any sentient beings through unlawful means. So you can see, like, the language of D&D changing. Uh, also really interesting, so, like, Baal is not satisfied when someone is executed after the magistrate orders it. Mm-mm, no, no, like, justified death. <laughs> okay is, is not good for him yeah mm-hmm. um it's rare for anyone but assassins or compulsive killers to take ball as a patron and clerics who revere ball often call qualify on both accounts hmm so they're assassins and compulsive killers mm-hmm so that's kind of how it changed and um so you know ball dies yep oh, spoilers <laughs> before before uh Baldur's Gate, and depending on what you decide to do over the course of Baldur's Gate, um, you can either rise to the challenge of Ball or ignore Ball. Like, and mm-hmm. that's like the least spoilery way to talk about that. Yeah, right? You can either do one or the other. And uh, so, but apparently, historically, because Baldur's Gate is canon in the Forgotten Realms literature. Yes. Like, it's, it is, a, those are events that happened. Apparently, no matter what, there is a guy in Baldur's Gate, like after the events of the Baldur's Gate games, who is a child of Ball, and he is the Grand Duke of Baldur's Gate, and he, um, like, ascends to become Ball. Hmm. Yeah. So it's the same. And so that is the, that is in 5th edition, that is the explanation for why Ball exists now. Exactly. Hmm. But yeah, so that's the weird thing is like there's all this Saravok stuff, there's all this like, you know, chosen ball spawn, the player character, all that stuff. But canonically, none of that really matters, except Saravok's plan does eventually come to pass, just another person. Hmm. Well, it's kind of inevitable, right? Yeah, isn't that weird though? Yeah, well, they can't. I guess that's the that's the difficulty of making a video game canon. You have to acknowledge the general gist of the video game, but because of all the player choice involved, you can't actually involve the PC as a part of the lore. Mm-hmm. Because, well, at least not in a game where choice is allowed. You just couldn't. You just couldn't give them a name. You would have to say a prominent youth born in Candlekeep or raised in Candlekeep. Became, sure, but- you know what I mean. But what if you're a good character? You wouldn't necessarily become Ball, right? I think it's ambiguous no matter what. Like, there's still, like, your character still lives after Baldur's Gate, right? So. You could, you could have been corrupted. Maybe. After the fact. Ah, that kind of robs the player of any kind of agency, right? I mean, God, we've had this discussion uh-huh. multiple times mm-hmm. over David Cage games about players and agency. Hashtag David Cage. Oh, man, I have a great video of David Cage to show you. Unrelated okay. to this at all. All right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I hope uh, this is the lore cast that we did. It's just a little mini episode for fun. I have one extra little tidbit, though, mm-hmm. that's not about Ball. 
even though we love talking about Ball. So Baldur's Gate, the city now, they have a little map in the Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide, mm-hmm. and there is a little, like, separate city now. Because, you know, there's, like, the lower city and the upper city. Okay. There's, like, the inner wall and the outer wall in the game. Mm-hmm. So now, outside the city, there's a place called Little Kalimchan. Hmm. Yeah. It's, like, a little additional city. So I would love for there, like, there are all these rumors about Baldur's Gate 3 happening from Beamdog. Uh, if they do that, we're just going to... One of us is going to die of natural causes during this podcast. It's going to be a real bummer. Uh, take bets right now in the comments. <laughs> who's, uh, who's it going to be? Mm-hmm. Say say one of us and start putting up numbers. Mm-hmm. We won't uh, we won't uh, reveal right now who has an exercise regimen and who doesn't. So just take your best guess. We also have been recording these like years in advance. So I re- <laughs> we recorded this episode in 2014. So one of us could be dead already. Oh, think about that. It's true. Got to do some internet sleuthing. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I just thought it was cool <laughs> that like Baldur's Gate has developed as a city, like canonically. And since the Baldur's Gate games are canon, if we go back to Baldur's Gate, there's going to be like an additional like cool part of the city that's been built up. That's going to be interesting. And Kunzelman, you know what I'm really excited about? What's that? I'm really excited about uh, Siege of Dragonspear. I'm so excited about it. Yeah. We've got some real uh, surprises, some real shakeups for our viewer listeners moving forward next season. I think they're going to be real psyched about it. What what are those? I don't know what they are. Well, yeah. No, that's why they're surprises. Oh, God. I'm just going to spring them on the podcast live. Oh, my God. All right. Well, by the way, all next season... We'll be broadcast live. We're going to be that's broadcast the first, live. That's the first uh, shake-up. We have purchased an FM uh, station. <laughs> yeah. We've purchased uh, what used to be called 99X. <laughs> out of Atlanta. For, out of Atlanta for the American Southeast. Mm-hmm. Uh, really expensive. My God, really expensive. <laughs> yeah, so um, please, uh, we need more of that Patreon money. Mm-hmm. Hit that like button, hit that comment button, hit that subscribe button. We need your advertising revenue, like, ASAP. It's bad. And Movie Studios, if you want to make Harry and the Hendersons uh, Harry Returns, we will be more than happy to plug that for you. We're, we, we are uh, strapped here. We are strapped because of, once again, our purchase of a radio station. Mm-hmm. All right, so we'll be back in two weeks with a full episode. I don't even know what the visual accompaniment for this episode is. Probably something fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll, I'll figure it out. Keep but, it light. But we'll be back with the first little piece of Siege of Dragonspear, <sighs> which neither of us have ever played before. We're going in blind. As they say. As they say, we're going in. As they say, so, blind. Um, so, yeah. So, thanks so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you again in two weeks. Au revoir. Goodbye. Oh, there's going to be a new theme song. Goodbye. So saith the wise Alondo. <laughs> 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 <laughs>